Vigo's having to operate even more attackingly now. He really hits that one. Oh, that is just sensational from Luis Vigo. Well, let's just uh, well, let's just jump straight in. I mean, we'll we'll touch on that kind of debate slowly. Uh, so, I guess episode nineteen. Welcome to uh, Box to Box yet again. Uh, football manager Wiz Maz. Hello, Maz. How are you? Hello. Yes. All good. Good. What's up, CJ? Hurt by football? How's how's things? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's it's been a weekend of up and downs. Yes, I agree. But I'm very happy to have you guys. This time, and the third, not last but least, uh, Mr. Ali, uh, analytical whiz. What's up, man? What are you saying? It's good to see you again, man. Um, I guess let's just start with you, Ali, man, like if you don't mind. Um, City's ruling. What are your thoughts so far? What you've seen? <laughs> you know, I was just speaking about it because there's people that are, I, I've, I've had some conversations going on with my friends about the fact that this whole ruling is just a way to get back to one of these kind of Middle Eastern um, organisations kind of dominating and using money to kind of get into football, that it's kind of acceptable for Man United to go out and blow the budget. It's so acceptable for Chelsea to be doing it right before our eyes now. But Man City are getting pulled up and it's kind of been a thing that was inevitable. It's always going to happen. And half of me feels like there's validity to the argument, but then half of me feels like there's got to be, there's no smoke without fire. They've cooked the book somewhere. You can't, they spent a lot of money and a lot of players. They went mad. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But controversially, I hope they don't get relegated. Ooh. Because I wouldn't want to see Pep leave. I mean, they should probably get a monetary fine if you ask me. But for the standard of the league, I think Man City need to be there. Interesting, CJ. What I know you're cooking at this, and because you're you're looking at the um, ramifications of what the actual implications of what they're trying to do, and relegation is clearly a a possibility because the Premier League don't have a a, a book guide or a rule guide on what can happen. So it's an open slate. So what, what's your I guess contest to Ade? What what are your thoughts and what he said? Based on how many years back this investigation is looking at. Nah, just throw everything at them. Um, and it's not because, you know, I mean, I, okay, let me let me be very, you know, open about this. Obviously, money has distorted the way football is in this country and has done for years. Before City, it was Chelsea. Uh, you can even argue before Chelsea, it was United because United in the early days of the Premier League were able to spend money that other clubs couldn't, right? So there's always been money that has, you know, for better or worse, enabled teams to be a lot more competitive than other teams in the league. But I think you can't come in, play that fast and loose with the rules, and then kind of turn around and be like, I dare you to do something. Because, like, the FA, the statement that they put out basically was, we've been trying to get C to, you know, cooperate with us for ages, and they haven't. And then the retort that City came out with was, oh, well, we look forward to, you know, finally putting this matter to bed once and for all. And it's like, okay, but you're acting like you you were aiding in, in this investigation. Like, they weren't. And I think that, just for that part alone, definitely they have to get punished for that. Because if they are then found to be in breach of all these things, like, I can't go and, you know, rob someone or something and then the police are like, oh, okay, cool. Because, you know, like, if I refuse to cooperate or if I plead not guilty to something, waste police time and then get found guilty, I get extra time on top. And, so, that, and the investigation has been going on for four years, from my understanding. So it's not like yeah, a it's, small it's not, yeah. um, investigation. I guess that's that's also coming to the fact that it's a good point that you raise the amount of time and money, I guess, the Premier League are spending on this. It's basically a reflection of their brand, right? I mean, Maz, I'll bring you in on it. What's 
trying not to be too personal on obviously your uh, alliances on the red half of Manchester. Um, relegation is a big factor in this. And like I said, it's a, it's a contributing factor towards the image of what the Premier League is and the brand itself. So what direction do you expect this to go? I mean, it's allegations after all, so it's kind of an open book right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, United fan in me, I, mean, I was called a vulture by you earlier, <laughs> wants them to be relegated so every other club can take whatever player they want from City and Pep can do whatever he wants. But um, I think realistically, it's going to be probably the biggest fine we've seen in, in, in English football. And um, I think they'll probably, probably get... I'm not sure how points deduction will work. I don't think there'll be a retrospective points deduction. I think that'd be too much for the, for the Premier League to, um, to to go back. How far back do they go? So it might be current season um, points deduction, um, but it'll probably be the biggest fine we've seen in the league. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't really agree with... My issue, though, right, is with fines, you're effectively fining a country. It means nothing, yeah, right? Yeah. And all you're showing to anyone that has deep enough pockets that wants to buy a Premier League club is spend your way to the top, fly whatever rules you need to, because risk and, re- risk and reward is, okay, you might get clocked, but we're not going to punish you for anything that you've done in the past. We're just going to go, okay, here's a fine, and we'll maybe take some points off. To be fair, it, it, it might even be a transfer ban. I, I, think, I think a transfer ban will probably harm them more than anything especially with the squad that Pep's got. It might be enough for Pep to leave because I think he's, he's in a bit of a transition phase at the moment. He's trying to build a new team. But I, I think I think, I think think a transfer ban, a points deduction and the most heaviest fine that, that the league has seen is, is probably more of a realistic thing to happen. But to, to be honest with you, I don't actually even agree with FFP in the first place. I don't, I don't even think it's... I, I don't think FFP's fair in general. And to be fair, as, as a United fan, FFP, FFP is great for us because everything we spend is club generated anyway. Our owners don't put money in, so we're not really using any 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 money that's not generated by the club, which is what essentially what FFP is. So I, I, I think if, if you own a club or if you own any business, why should you why should you be held against spending your own money on your business? Yes. So I don't really agree with FFP in, in, in a way. Ade was going to jump in. I was going to jump in about kind of more on the... It represents a big conflict of interest for the Premier League because it's basically, do you shoot yourself in the foot? We've seen the way it kind of impacted Rangers in Scotland. My wife has actually made a point that Rangers got relegated from their league. They, they you know, they had to come back up through, I think it was a couple of divisions themselves and the Scottish, uh, uh, the SPL, they were a bit more hard-lined on it. And they just decided, you know what, we're going to take out, even though the, the big firm, the old firm Derby was their biggest selling game and Rangers were probably a significant thing to their brand, they took someone out. And I think, I don't want it to happen, but to CJ's point, that is probably the statement they have to make if they want if they want to deter it from happening because as you're seeing with people like Burley people do have enough money to pay these fines that's the thing it is true yeah I, I, I think Rangers is different there because Rangers went into I have a question for you that they, they, they couldn't survive as a club yeah but uh, if you have your own sponsorship agreements that's, that's... and trying to cook your books that way then it's pretty easy to get your own uh, finances sorted. I mean, Rangers, if they were state-owned, they could have just created three or four offshore companies, sponsored the company, sorry, the club. No, I, I think the owners couldn't afford them. Yeah, the but that's what I'm saying. It's like City have got like sponsorship agreements and they just like created these random firms who the chairman is a, yeah. a board member, sponsored Man City and created revenue within the business that way. So in a way, it's just, it's fake. That, that's, that's... Chris, I've got a question for you. Do you think that if... City don't get relegated and only get given a fine and the transfer ban. Chelsea are right to then turn around and lodge yeah. an appeal against the FA. They're, they're more than more than that because like they were caught in the same sort of situation where I think they had issues with the amount of money they were spending, etc. And they got banned with like was it eighteen months or something? No transfers or something? I can't remember what the. Yeah, I think it was definitely two two transfer windows because I I think that's the thing. If if City don't get relegated. I, w- I expect Chelsea to turn around and lodge a complaint because the, what they did, although obviously they shouldn't have done it, 
doesn't compare to what City are accused of doing. And if they both get given the same fine or, well, like, same penalty, then, yeah, that just gets even more murky. That's the problem. In, 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 the league's, in the league's case, they could turn around and say, we find them X amount more than what, you've, what we find you. And that's, that's a different punishment to what we gave you. Or they could give City a three-window three, like three ban, for instance, instead of two. Yeah. That will be more of a punishment. It just needs to be more it's, it's, in that sense. What Chelsea? Yeah, it's got, it's, it could be more of any sense, and 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 Chelsea won't really have much of an argument against that. Fair enough. Um, I mean, it goes back to transfers. I mean, we, we were just discussing this earlier. So, I mean, the natural course of direction that we were going to take this podcast on was um, the Tottenham game yesterday. But uh, I mean, what's happened today has uh, been basically overshadowed everything. And I guess in that sense, with the way City operate and who they have bought, i.e. the robot from Norway, what like surely if you look at that and how they've basically got to this point and they've won, I don't know how many titles, what, four of the last five years. I mean, this is to you, Ali. Is surely there's also a uh, question of withdrawing titles to that extent because you've essentially affected the outcome for other teams, relegated as well, as well as the Champions League people who've missed out. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. Those retro, that punish the future, punish them for now and make them feel it. But you can't, they still had to play. They still had to be on the pitch. And as much as they had the players and the, the you know, it, it, we all know that just buying a team doesn't produce the performances, break the records and do everything that Guardiola has done. And I think it's a bit unfair because the players, Guardiola himself, they didn't ask, they wouldn't have asked the financial people to be cooking the books. They, they, you know, if you get employed by a business, you work, you get your paycheck and you go. So to strip those people of the accolades that they've actually had to work hard for because somebody else has done something where, you know, it's a bit backhanded. I think that's a bit unfair. And I'd, personally, if I was like a manual Liverpool, I wouldn't want to accept a deferred title because you didn't I've win got it. a question. I've got a question for you, Ade. So, um, Olympics, right? Uh, relay race. When we find out that one of the four people running has been doping, now everyone loses that title, right? Like, it, I'm pretty sure it happened with one of the Great Britain... Uh, sprint team, someone got caught doping, so everyone lost the title, and you know they obviously whoever was second then became first. And you've had instances where um, this isn't dig out Russia Day, but Russia Russian athletes have been caught found to have been cheating, and therefore were retrospectively stripped of their titles. And obviously, fi- financial doping isn't the same as physically, you know, shooting up a human growth hormone, whatever, but. There are some parallels in that, no? <sighs> there are, but the thing is, that's an individual ingesting something into their body. An organisation, you would you would have to say that the players, if, if the players are culpable, and I just don't believe in this situation, the players are culpable. There is still parts of a business that can be run. It's like saying, basically, me, you know, Microsoft. Microsoft get found guilty of cooking their books, but the janitor who comes to clean the toilets all the time and cleans the toilets damn good and the cleanest toilets in the world, he's going to get in trouble because of what people that he has no exposure to were doing. Now, he's just doing his job. So I feel there is a difference because, you know, effectively when it comes to athletics and that type of sport, the person is the brand. The person is the, the offender. It, it's it, they're not they're, they're not two separate entities. So I think it's a different scenario when you're looking at Man City. I think the players shouldn't be penalised because yeah. that's they've worked hard. I, imagine if you're a player and you've played 38 games and you've done your best. You know, it's not your fault you're playing with amazing players around you. You you just tried to win a league. So unless they were found of doping themselves, I think I was gonna I say there was an allegation there that some of the charges have also been according to drug testing and how they've submitted the drug tests have been a bit dodgy. So I'm going to hold... Do you know what? All we've had is allegation. There hasn't really been concrete since then, is there? I mean, there's more around FFP. Yeah, there's like random stuff that's around. been thrown uh, in. It'd be, it'd be good to see how that plays out. like grassland, yeah, there's be... like pitch, there's uh, drug testing, there's doping. I don't know what else is in that. So... Oh, wow, they're going to do the whole... 
the, the graph, yeah, the grassland thing is a bit odd because what is it too long, it, too short? You have to have a certain yeah. uh, level <laughs> of I don't know the way the ball moves or something that needs to be consistent across the the whole league, and apparently to speed up, obviously their play and how they possession dominate, they 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 cut it even shorter and water it even yeah. more and. I don't know, there's some technology that they can put under the soil. So, you know what that is, right? That is the Premier League being like, we asked you to cooperate on other yeah. things. You didn't. We are literally now going to come for everything. Yeah. Throw every single rule, rule number there is at you. <laughs> yeah. Because I cannot remember that ever being a debate in anything ever. The most you normally hear is, you know, managers talking about the pitch not being watered enough or being watered too too much. But... yeah. Grass is too long. Grass length, I can't say I'm familiar with that as a, you know, defence or attack in terms of why someone hasn't performed well. Do you know what, just going back to that points deduction thing, like, from previous years, how far back do you go? And, it like, if you start deducting points, it affects everyone in the league in terms of prize money. And people that didn't make Champions League football missed out on TV money. It's just going to be an absolute logistical But this is my point. There's no rule that tells how they deal with clubs, i.e. the Premier League. And remember, the Premier League is a closed membership organization. Mm. So for them to turn on themselves and go after one of the members, and essentially what I'm seeing is going to be made an example of for everyone else that's coming into this sort of league, there is huge ways they can like they can create a huge... Um, tidal wave of stuff and like I said it, it affects the Premier League bl- uh, brand if you're not giving people a fair chance i.e. I don't know uh, what's in it yeah. West Ham can come back and say well we missed out because of the way City were playing and we didn't reach Europe there'd be, there'd be so many like there'd be so many clubs lining up to sue Man City if it, it could it could even be the Premier League because the way they've handled the situation in my opinion has been quite shit like, they've just waited and waited. I know it's a long mm. investigation, but, I mean, like we debated on the chat earlier, if I want to now leave for the Super League, I'm going to be like, well, you didn't really police this well enough, so I'm going to go because I'm getting more money elsewhere. I'm getting fairer rules, less teams to bother with, uh, and I get more coverage. Yeah, I mean, let's see how it all plays out. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I just think points deduction going into previous seasons is just going to be an absolute just going to be a nightmare like four yeah. clubs not just see and kind of like I focus on the here and now right yeah yeah it's got to be future future bands and points deduction for this season which will play into Arsenal's hands you never know I don't I really don't want that points deduction this year yeah same it won't happen this year it won't happen this year because it'll, it'll be too soon, and knowing City, they'll bring like literally a plain load of lawyers to argue everything. So realistically, this, this probably isn't going to get resolved for about three years. Anyway, so let's let's pivot to on the pitch, City, i.e., what we saw yesterday. I think I'll come to you, CJ. Harland uh, is the debate that is raging on at the moment. Uh, obviously, bought with this Man City money, came in with a huge. Uh, price tag, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, cheap in, in legal terms, but the backhand payments and stuff like that. And was essentially brought in to transform, I guess, what they wanted City to become. And to a certain extent, he's achieved his, um, I guess, goals and, in, in, no pun intended, but ambitions. Um, and City is scoring at the same rate they were last year. So what is actually going wrong with how they play, maybe just from your view. Um, it's really weird because they're starting to look like people that have never practiced on a pitch before and literally just turned up for like five aside and are like, okay, cool. So um, these are the guys we're facing today. Yep. All right, cool. Let's see how we go. Because and it's really weird because do you remember like at the beginning of the season when it was the community shield and I was like, oh, Harlan's going to struggle because... He keeps making all these runs and he just keeps on getting ignored time and time again. And Nunes seems so dangerous. And I was like, yep, Nunes is going to be so lit. And literally the opposite thing happened. But yesterday it was kind of a repeat of that where there were so many runs that he was making. And I know um, Carrick alluded to it after the match, but I think you're not seeing the best of him there. 
because the way that City like to play, it doesn't suit him as a player. Like it, it, it just doesn't. I don't think the way that see the whole footballing philosophy for how City get the ball, move up the pitch, basically like pin you more and more into your own box type thing works for a striker like that. And I mean, of course, he scored twenty is it twenty five goals. Yeah, it's insane. Four so, hat tricks, and we're debating whether he's. You know what I mean? Like it's such a weird. Yeah, so it's not. It's not that he. He's not. A, he's not a good striker. He's a very good player, but I feel that City have stopped doing the things that enabled him to score before. So a lot of the time, it'd be like balls into the box and stuff. Um, and obviously, he'd get on the end of it. But also, it might be you know maybe defenders are just cottoning on to how he plays now, because before he was an unknown quantity in the league, now you've got a lot more tape to see how to you know, fill him up, because I mean, if Rob Holden eh, I'm not going to say he fully contained him, but Rob Holden isn't the best Premier League defender, and he managed to make life kind of uncomfortable for Haaland until he got subbed when we played, uh, when Arsenal played them in the FA Cup yeah. so, I think potentially it might be he's getting found out, but also I think it's just City aren't playing to his strengths Pet football is anti Haaland football, kind of, and they're in some weird, like, hodgepodge of trying to make it work right now, where you can see, like, them actually thinking in real time how to make it work, which is why it just looks so clunky on the pitch. Yeah, that's a very good point about the way defenders have probably worked out how to play him. Ade, I guess I'm coming to you on this question. Does a, a focal point or a goal scorer actually hinder a team? I mean, you look at Kane, you look at Haaland. I mean, separately, Kane hasn't achieved anything, but he has individual honours. Mm. It shouldn't hinder a team, I don't think. I think it should actually be enhance, enhance a team. I do think a team, any team that's going to win and be successful needs to share the goal-scoring burden. I think what City are used to is having their goals spread out. And now, to be fair, a lot of the players that they've let go, they've let go a lot of those goals and that they were coming in from different parts of the pitch. Let go of Sterling, um, obviously Aguero's retired and people like that who would chip in. So Man City used to just kind of find goals from anywhere. So now I feel like there is this thing, they've got this striker and there's this belief that, okay, we need to get it to him to score. But as CJ was saying, they, they, they totally changed they have to totally change the way they play pep's whole philosophy is about retaining possession keeping the ball away from the opposition as long as possible and that just doesn't suit a target man of who is dynamic who makes runs in behind who wants you to play the risky pass before you play the safe pass and then even to that as well now i don't think they get into the box as much because they've got wingers who don't make runs in behind so they don't stretch the back line so harlan can play higher up the pitch they want the ball to feet. So the ball's just kind of being knocked around in this midfield area. It's kind of like the half final third. And they're not getting it to the places they used to kill people. Because even with, I guess, even with Pep Ball before, when they had Sterling and Sane, they'll get to the byline a lot. And a lot of Man City's goals came from like crosses, cutbacks, where Haaland would just be eating those up. He wouldn't mind that. But now, because of the wingers that they do have, like Grealish and stuff, they're not penetrating or getting through teams. So they're not switching up their play and diversifying. And that's why when they play teams like Tottenham, they struggle because teams will just wait. They know that Man City are going to suffocate them for possession. And then they're just going to get them on the counter. They have no plan B to try and say, okay, cool. Let's not low block. Let's try and be a bit more direct and get it to our fast wingers. So I think it's a mixture of things that's going wrong. I think their style is not suiting Haaland, but I also think the personnel they have there are not going to be able to unlock the space or create the type of game that he needs to be able to to score even more goals than he can score. Because a lot of his goals have come from De Bruyne finding him. Yeah. De Bruyne finds him back post and that's it. And he's there to tap it in because he's made a run. But De Bruyne is pretty much crossing it. But he's the only person who seems to be trying to do that. And you can see it when Haaland celebrates because he loves De Bruyne because he always looks for him. That's, so. that's why it was so strange yesterday that De Bruyne wasn't even starting. And then like on your point with the wingers, like before City were always had the Sane, the Jesus, the Sterling. They were just these powerful wingers that just break the lines if you weren't able, if you were trying to like stop them. Like they could run, they could cross, yeah. they could dribble past you. They will just go towards the defenders. Right now you have Mares and Grealish cutting in inside. 
you're giving defenders a choice whether to how to stop you and then you look at how Spurs play like they want you to cross to Haaland because then they can just fast break because it's like what 80% chance that you're not going to hit your your center forward and that's what they wanted him to do and they just didn't do it which fair enough but you have to try something different right like surely oh, 100% and I think there's going to be a part of it that's stubbornness on Guardiola's part because he's done it before. He's won leagues with it before. Yeah. So he doesn't want to change. He's not going to change his philosophy now. But ultimately, if, uh, I think I read a quote, Ten Hag said it, eras come to an end and philosophies have their time. And so, so Alex Ferguson always used to say the biggest part of winning is being able to rebuild, destroy it up and do it again. And I think that's what they're in this, they're in that position now where he really needs to kind of get out quite a lot of the players at City and rebuild that squad in his image again with young, hungry players who want to play in that way and who can. Um, but then this this whole thing that's happening is probably going to put a bit of a spanner in the work. Yeah. I mean, Maz, I'm going to come to you on this one. Um, I mean, Adik made a great point with regards to how they play and how Pep plays. But I guess the question to you is, if you bring in a person like Haaland to your team, do you make him adapt to the way City play or do City have to adapt to what Haaland does? I, I'm struggling to see how Haaland adapts himself to the way City play. I just don't think he has, he's got it in him. I think he needs quick transitions. He, he needs balls played into him quick and he, he wants to run beyond the defender. He, he wants to be the last man on the defender and, and try to break, break, almost breaking the offside trap. There's been, there were so many times yesterday when I was watching the game and thinking, play it to Haaland, play it to Haaland. Because he, he he was making that run and the ball ended up going out wide to Mahrez or, or to Grealish and that will slow the game down. Again, the, this that's what baffled me like about, about Kevin De Bruyne not playing. Because Kevin De Bruyne used to play that two in, two in midfield. Yeah, he's the one guy you would trust. Thought, yeah, yeah, and and you think get him on the ball and he he will find Haaland. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just I don't know. Pep sometimes just some of his he comes up with some random tactics and it just confuses me. Like even even Cancelo, I, I don't understand why he didn't stay because he's one of the wing backs almost that can get the ball into Haaland, whether it be a quick ball or, or or a good cross. You remember that overhead kick Haaland scored? Yeah, or kind of overhead kick at the beginning of the season. That cross came from Cancelo. Alongside Kevin De Bruyne, he's another playmaker play that's good enough to get a ball into the box for Haaland. The thing I find, just, I find very weird is like even Foden's not on the radar, right? And surprisingly, now Haaland's goals have dried up since Foden's gone because you know Foden would play. I think he was injured, wasn't he? I don't know if he. Don't know if he, he said that he had come back to fitness, but it's kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe he was injured for a couple of them. I think. Yeah. I just think Pep Pep's got decisions to make now if he tweaks his philosophy slightly to fit Haaland in or is he or is his ego that big that he's going to carry on playing the way he does hoping it serves him good or serves him right to go win the league again or win the Champions League I just I I find it baffling such a big game yesterday and he didn't even play like KDB like arguably one of the best players he's got history of it remember the Champions League final yeah yeah true he I forgot who it was. KDB didn't play as well. And then he got subbed on or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think he was... Was it... Oh, didn't stop the striker or something. And we were like, what's going on? The whole season he played with the striker. Yeah. Um, I guess... Yeah. I just want to say quickly, um, before you move on, that you've both raised really good points, um, Maz and Ade, about the refresh that needs to happen at City and how it's happening. Because, like you said, Ade, about used to be Sterling, and because you said this too, it used to be Sterling, it used to be Sonny, and there was Gabriel Jesus. Those were all players that could be a man on their own, right? Now, in terms of the play, you've got Grealish who, yeah, he can draw fouls, but that doesn't help a team. And you remember the tweet you shared yesterday, it doesn't help a team like C, where they're trying to keep momentum going, going, going. So yeah, he can draw fouls, but that doesn't help with their play. And I feel that Pep's tried to replace people that wanted to leave or he felt no longer suited how he wanted to be, but didn't fully understand or at least thought he could change them to work more in his style of play, but it just hasn't worked. Yeah, And I don't know 
whether there needs to be a conversation. Not yet, because I don't want this to sound like I'm saying that Pep's useless or is bad, but does he know how to rebuild a team in the Premier League? We've seen him obviously do it at Barca, we've seen him do it at Bayern, but in terms of like a refresh right now, and again, I'm saying this, like City haven't won a whole bunch of, cha- of Premier League titles, but this season, I think the losses that they've sustained over the last season or two in terms of personnel change you're seeing really affect them at the moment. That's a very good point, actually. Like, I didn't even think about that. I mean, all I'm saying is let's hope there's a transfer ban this summer. And then let's do the, the, the vulture is circling here. <laughs> um, no new transition. So straighten them as <laughs> CJ. I guess it, I'm I'm coming back to you anyway. It's your um, take on this, but does not does it just like having Haaland, Does that also affect the way they've defended? So they've conceded more goals this year than they have so far compared to last year. So clearly, it's making a, a difference. I.e., your focal point towards one person uh, getting cut over, cut cut across by transitions, and there are more fast breaks. They're getting more uh, affected by more fast breaks this season than last season. So I guess teams are a bit more um, are finding it a bit more easier to play them because it's quite predictable which way you're going to go, right? Um, I think so. I'm trying to be careful here and not just go down the confirmation bias route of because because Haaland's there now, that's the reason why. Because, I mean, this has been a weird season, right? Like, Okay, everyone that knew Liverpool should have fallen off um, are now seeing it happen now. So it's not a surprise. I think the surprise is how badly they've fallen off. Um, you know, even like teams like West Ham, um, how they dropped off, people haven't been expected to be like that. I mean, West Ham, they haven't been relegation battlers for years. They managed to get themselves quite mid-table stability where they didn't have none of this. Europe drama. last season think, as well. I think that's what's killed them, to be honest, and just an old squad that they just haven't done enough with, even though Moyes had money. But I don't know, because a part of me is like, it can't be as simple as because Haaland's there, because he does track back, maybe not as much as Jesus does or Alvarez, but he does do work it's off the ball, not obviously as much as before. But I just think maybe the way that City are trying to play in terms of forcing the ball to get to him or trying to go to players around him so you know, like you mentioned, Grealish or Mahrez, um, that just means that the, in terms of gaps, they're just all over the place now because offensively it works in getting up the pitch, but once someone turns over the ball and looks to spring it behind them, you're like, wait, hang on, why is there so much space here? Like, I, I've never seen City look so bad defensively. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, I mean, I want to bring in Adi again with this one person scoring the goals. Why did that not happen when Salah was at Liverpool? Because he was scoring majority of the goals. But is that just a collective team working that, well? That, yeah, that was a collective team working well. And that's indicative of what's happening to Liverpool now, that Mane's gone, Firmino's not there, um, and their midfield is not playing at the intensity it did before. That's why Salah, Salah still gets goals, I mean, but it's not nowhere as dangerous or at the rate that he was the seasons before. Because... The thing about football is when it gets to this level of football, when it's professional at the top level, each piece on the chessboard is vital to the the full game plan. Like this, you take out one cog or one cog stops performing or doing the job that you've kind of designated for it to do, it affects the rest of the team. And I, I can't necessarily explain it from the Haaland situation, but I feel that something to do with taking out people, fast wingers out of the team that can occupy wing backs, not allow wing backs to get so high, um, which then gives takes away from the time that the midfield have to play on the ball and to reti- recycle the ball and keep possession because teams can be a little bit more in their face because they're not worried about the threat in behind of Amarez and the Grealish. So that, that means the midfield are now having to play in even tighter spaces because the team can be compact and not, worry about the threat in behind or know that they can recover. So when they try and keep the ball in these spaces, I feel like they're not, they may be playing high to someone's goal, but the time that it's taking for teams to get from where they nick the ball off them to the goal as Tottenham would do, 
is, is, is a lot shorter because of the fact that they're able to start from a further forward position because there's no threat in behind. If the only threat for your team in behind is Haaland, that team really, even as much as they could play a low block, they could still play their forwards quite high up because they know that, okay, cool, there's, there's, there's no threat in behind. We can't push our... If we push our line up, it's not going to be as dangerous as it used to be when they had Sterlings and Sarnings because that was Man City's thing. You try and move them any way. You say, okay, we're going to sit a low block and they have the midfielders who have time who can hurt you, De Bruyne. You try and sit high on them and then they've got Sterling, Sane, Jesus, Aguero, all of those people in behind who are deadly. So it's kind of like, what do you do? Whereas now, it's kind of one thing that they can do and that's retain possession. And when they lose it, and when the midfield gets too congested, they're closer to your goal and they can hurt you. And one thing City have never had is that, apart from Kyle Walker, that turn back and sprint. They, their tactical fouls, which are probably being caught up on now, or they're very much a team that they'll they have to they have to win the ball quite high up and then retain possession. Yeah, and they didn't have transitions in that way. But now they're a bit more exposed, I think. I think also like what I saw yesterday was like they have no centre forward that can pitch in and overload sides like Haaland doesn't do that so normally before they would have like Aguero or Jesus coming to the left wing right wing Foden playing false nine like last season he was doing that overloading each side and then they could cross back cut back and score like Gundogan would be coming in last minute runs like Maz I guess my my question to you is more towards Kane because obviously this is more of a Kane show what he did yesterday is Kane the greatest ever English player in your opinion um no. Who do you who do you rate higher? Like okay. given you know, you look at Shearer, you look at Lineker, right. Rooney, who's your I guess Rooney for me is Rooney for me is the greatest you, English player. Do you wanna give me the reason that, why that I've that I've seen. That I've seen. Like he could put aside goals, which okay is the only thing that has got has got over Rooney. Rooney could pretty much do everything. You you name it, he could do it, even defending. He, he he would do it like this. This he's got the just all round like from a technical ability. I can't think of another English football player that comes close to Rooney. Maybe Gascoigne, but I think Rooney's just heads and shoulders above Kane when it comes to technical ability. The, the thing is, weirdly, I agree with you as much as you want to think the world is ending. Yet another person is agreeing with you, but. One thing that's for me is impressive is the fact that <laughs> Rooney is still in this conversation and he wasn't an out and out striker. He was playing right wing, centre mid, left wing, striker. He was playing everywhere and still has yeah. the number of goals and assists. Um, he's still on that yeah. top 10 list, yeah. isn't he? Of um, goal scorers. So it's just, he's the other it, English player, well, six or seven, I can't remember the number, but over 200 in the league. So, you know, fair enough. I oh, know. I was gonna say. I, I just. I, I don't. I don't think. I think Kane's a difficult one. I mean, plus, do you count more trophies Rooney's won as well? Does that? Do you we, hold we don't. We don't. Kane we don't use. Uh, become, we don't use trophies as a way of measuring a number because it's Spurs. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's it's a strange one. But uh, like, what's your view? I guess on on soul strikers and like. Uh, uh, centre forward. I mean, you look at United. You're crying out for a centre forward to score goals, right? So, how do you, how do you see that debate? I mean, I'll, I'll take Kane at United tomorrow. I think he, if we had Kane, I'd probably go as far as saying we could be challenging for the league. Let's be serious challenges for the league. Not 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 sit more than eight points behind now. I, I think we'd be up there with Arsenal, and I, I think he is the difference between a title-winning team and, and and a team that sits third and fourth. So I I think it depends on how the team plays. I know, I know we're talking about how Haaland probably doesn't suit City, but I think City and Pep Guardiola's tactics are is probably the exception when it comes to football. <laughs> yeah, I get your point. Um, it, it, it's just, it's just there's, only, there's only Pep's team you'd ever turn around and say, like, oh, they, they could do without a striker. And he's proved he could do it without a striker because he's won everything apart from Champions League without a striker and he probably did the same at Barcelona. Um, so it's... I, I think centre-forwards, it, it's a must in in, in, in every in every team you can think of. 99.9% teams need a centre-forward. 
apart from Pep's Man City team, apparently. So it's, it's yeah, I, I don't think there's much of, I don't know what the other guys think. Do you do, do? Valid point, though. Yeah. Come to CJ and Addy, I guess. I think Liverpool arguably didn't really play with a centre forward. I, mean, I know they had one in name and number nine, you know, Firmino, but I don't think for Liverpool he was a centre forward. They played with two wide forwards like that didn't start in the same position. Mane and the, the most advanced players were Mane and Salah. So I, th- I think the number nine thing it depends. It does it does depend on your tactics. But I think when a player is as good as Haaland, I think you, you know. Typically, most teams would pin their bets around him, but I think there's there there are there are forms of playing without a strike or having a really great deep lying forward that do work. But it's very it's for a team like Tottenham, it's rare. For a team like Man United, that's what they kind of need because their wingers need a pressure release. They need someone who can drop in and play. You know, so just go, going back to Firmino, um, like he was still their focal point of attack. And you could, you could arguably say Kane does a similar role to Firmino in terms of dropping back, picking up the ball, because at certain times, Son and Kulisevsky are more more advanced than Kane in, 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 in that role. But Kane's still seen as a centre-forward. Maybe, maybe, maybe because I of goals yeah. I, I, But to me, I think, I think they, play, they hold similar positions, Firmino and Kane. On, on the football pitch. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I don't know. I, I think in terms of even thinking about it, is it really still a number nine when we talk about Kane? Harlan, yeah. to me, is number nine. Lewandowski's a number nine. But I don't, I don't yeah, know if Kane and Firmino are. That's an interesting take. Actually. Very interesting. What's CJ going to pop in with? What is in who I prefer out of Kane or Harlan? I think in general um, and what your view is on a goal-scoring forward, I think we've moved so far away from it, we forgot why we needed them in the first place. And that's why there was such a hoo-ha about Enketia, um signing his contract again. Because for better or for worse, like how many out-and-out strikers could you name? We've, we, we have an abundance of wide forwards, right? We've told everyone, we've trained everyone over the last couple of years that, you know, wide forwards are sexy, you know, be like Messi, be like Ronaldo. Um, and kind of, and I don't even, I wouldn't even say it's like the English kind of number nine, because it's. I think it's a, lot, a worldwide thing, is it's kind of just been quietly just put into a cupboard and kind of forgotten about. Pep's fault. Um, maybe, but also I think the way the game shifted, number nine's in the... In the in the most like original sense, couldn't last because you can't have passengers on the team anymore. And if all they were doing was scoring and not doing anything else, it became very apparent very quickly on that they weren't you know that they weren't offering much to the team. And that hence there was that whole phase of you know oh we have to get our strikers to do more than just score. And then obviously the flip side of this is you have strikers that don't score as much. And that's another hoo-ha, I think, Gabriel Jesus, um, where it's actually his all-round play and the fact that he pressures, etc., is why he's such an asset. Yes, he scores, but that's not his main thing. Um, that's actually quite an interesting debate. Firmino as well. Um, yeah, Firmino, he's never been prolific, um, but he brings others into play, has an annoying habit of scoring against Arsenal. Um, yeah, but I, I, think, I, I think there's a role for them. I think the next couple of seasons, what might happen is you're going to see a levelling out where firstly, there's so few of them that they, they sell, are going to sell for so much. Um, but like, you might see people trying to return back to that because I think it's all nice and cute having little one, two intricate triangles passing to get to the byline and cut back. But sometimes you just need someone to just literally just smash the ball into the net. And I think you're going to see, a not like a rejection of that philosophy but I think people are going to find ways to bring strikers more into it but then I think at the end of the day as well would you rather a striker that scores 15 to 20 goals a season guaranteed or knowing that the maybe front four of your team are all definitely going to score about eight goals a season between them I mean, I'd, I'd which would you rather have? Jump at the bit. 
Yeah, because I was going to say, I think probably to your point, in addition to your point, I think what you're going to probably see is a hybrid of those. Like what Arsenal have been able to achieve, what people probably didn't see with Nketiah and Jesus, having two strikers, one that gives you one option, one that gives you another option. I think having variety in the game plan will need, you know, one striker who's going to be a bit more direct and going to be a bit more in the box and try and get on the end of things versus a striker who can bring people into play. And depending on the opposition, you use one or the other. Because there's something to be said about kind of like an Enketia versus a Manchester City for a team like Arsenal would be perfect. Well, in an ideal world, it would be perfect because he's going to keep their defenders back. He's going to be always, he's always going to be a threat in behind or someone like what Balogun's doing. Uh, for Rems, he's going to basically give them something to always think about where you're expected to be the team that has less of the ball. But when there's a low block, that's why against Everton we kind of missed Gabriel Jesus because he can then dribble, as we, as we saw against Bournemouth, create things out of himself with his footwork and bring others into play where you need somebody who's going to have the skill to be able to take about two, three players out of the game so you can create space for another. So I think what you might see is actually teams adopting if they have the, the 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 luxury of having squad depth to that extent, trying to get one of each, whereas I thought people like Nketiah were being phased out totally, but he's shown that there's still room for a poacher, so to speak, just depending on who you're playing. Might as well, what are you going to say? No, I was just going to just put a pitch on the back of that and say, I think it really depends on teams and their tactics. And I think... There's, there'll always be a. I'm just going to basically back up what Adam is. I think there'll always be a role for a poacher in in, in any team, and um, someone like Enketia. I know obviously mentioned quite a lot now, but someone like Enketia. I think we're crying out for that in in, in the United team. I'd, I'd take him in our team, and he would start every week. And I think he'll get us 15 goals or 20 goals in in, in that team because there's enough creativity around him. We need someone to be almost that fox in the box and being in the right place at the right time because there's. There's chances that uh, that go that go like when did you beg it out for someone to finish the chances we create on on, on, some, on most of these games? So it, it's interesting, but I think yeah, I think you're right. I think a poacher will always have a role within any team or squad, even because I think most these days you need a big squad more more so than over, over just the first strong first eleven. And and you've got the five subs as well, so you kind of are, you're allowed to yeah. play with the yeah, more exactly. of squad as well. Well, it's a very cool debate, guys. I loved it. Um, if we're happy, I'm gonna jump onto the quiz. Are we are we ready? I mean, we better That's be ready. Cool. Nobody else. So I'll, <laughs> I'm gonna go with who joined first. So as Maz came into the room first, um, Maz. Well, I have to mention. The football, the footballing brain Twitter account, which I've been in touch with recently, and will be providing us with questions going forward. But today was just trial run to what questions they had. So just a shout out to them. Um, as we're going in order, Maz came first, uh, CJ second, and then Adi third. So Maz, you'll go first with uh, your pick of poison, so to say. So you have obviously true or false. Uh, you've got uh, multiple choice and a t- slightly tweaked third format instead of bang on the head. It's basically who am I? So what are you going for first? I'll go with true or false. Right, true Easy. or false, Miles, for one point. Enzo Fernandez is the most expensive South American player of all time. True or false? Correct, false. one point. And the correct answer on that side was Mr. Neymar, who I hate so much, but CJ, Mr. Ruffling the microphone as much as possible. Um, what is your poison? Um, yeah, I'll be true and false, true and false as well, please. Right. So your question is, was Germany captained by Manuel Neuer at their 2014 World Cup? Twenty fourteen, Jesus. Um, uh, 
I'm going to say false, but I'm Correct. not sure about this one. Because it was uh, Philip Lahm who was capturing them. So well done. Adi, what's your poison? Who am I? Wow, he's gone in. He's, this is his tactic every time. He's gone for three points. All right. So the who am I question is, I have played with Zlatan, Xhaka, Torres, and Fernandinho. As a hint to help you, if you need it when you're deciding, I'll give you one club or country where this person played with this, these players before. So the question again is, I played with Zlatan, Xhaka, Torres, and Fernandinho. Who am I? If you go for the hint, you subtract one point. So instead of three, you get two. Zlatan. Xhaka. Torres. Which Torres? Yeah, Fernando Torres and Fernandinho. You want your hint? Granny yeah, Jacker. Granny Jacker. Not, not his brother. Uh, yeah. So him. the hint is this player played with Zlatan at PSG. Zlatan Jacker. Torres, Fernando Torres, Tor- and Fernandinho. Uh, I'm thinking. Fucking two points. Well done. Wow, Mr. David Louise with Adi came with the points, ready to play. All right, Maz, what's your what's your choice? It's multiple choice, or who am I for you? Okay. Wow. Okay. So we're going three points here. Same rules. If you need a hint, it's minus one point. So I played with. Van Nistelrooy, Nedved, Zanetti, and Nesta. Who am I? Van Nistelrooy, Nedved, Zanetti, and Nesta. And remember, these aren't at the same clubs and stuff. It's all at different points in their career. Oh, it's smashed it, mate. Right? Three points. Well done. Fabio Cannavaro. Uh, Vanisroy and him played at Real Madrid. Real Madrid Nedved, yeah. Juventus, Zanetti, Inter, and yeah. Nesta, AC, uh, sorry, Italy. CJ, what is your choice? You have a multiple choice, or who am I? Uh, multiple multiple choice, choice is who has scored the most penalties from Lampard, Harry Kane, or Steve Gerrard? Who has scored the most penalties from Frank Lampard, Harry Kane, or Gerrard? Is this in general, as in like in their careers? Uh, Lampard? Well done. Two points. Damn, guys have come to play today. Jesus. Um... Ade, so you have got two points. You have uh, multiple choice. Multiple choice, please. Your multiple choice is from these players, Messi, Casillas, Xavi, and Giggs, who has the most Champions League appearances from Messi, Casillas, Xavi, and Grind Giggs? Casillas. He came with it again. <laughs> Dude, this is insane, man. CJ, you got three points. Maz on four points. Adi on four points. Cool. Um, we go back to Maz. Maz, you have done your true or false and your who am I. So your third and final question is a multiple choice. It's a bit of a tough one, so good luck for two points. <clears throat> um, out of James Milner, Javi Garcia, uh, Julian Lescott and I can't remember his first name, but Nastashish. Which of these defenders started the FA Cup final for Manchester City versus Wigan in 2020, 2013? Sorry. So these were the times where Milner was playing like right back. Garcia was being put into centre back sometimes. Lescott was playing left back, and you had Nastashish. Which one of those four 
started the FA Cup final versus Wigan in 2013? I'll run the names again. James Milner, Javi Garcia, Julian Lescott, and I can't remember the first name, Nastasic. Nastasic. Don't necessarily repeat it again just to say that name. I will kill you. Um... Who started the FA Cup final versus Wigan? In... I'm going to say Lescott, just random guess. Tough luck, mate. Wrong choice. It was Mr. Nastasic uh, who started the game with Vincent oh, Company. Sorry, mate. Uh, CJ, you have had your true or false and multiple choice. Your who my question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have played with Mandzukic, Zanetti, uh, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Christian Pulisic. Who am I? Madzukic, Zanetti, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Pulisic. Who am I? Remember, you can take the hint. Well, that will remove one point from the... Th- um, yeah, let's go with a hint. So the hint is he played with... Uh, he played with Cristiano Ronaldo at Real Madrid. The other players were Mandzukic, Zanetti, and Pulisic. Um, cover thingy? I'm going to guess. What, who is cover thingy? I don't know. Cover, it's the midfielder. Chelsea? Yeah, Chelsea midfielder. Well done. Two points. Yeah, CJ came to play. Sorry, I completely butchered his name. Apologies for that. Cover thingy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Adi, you are on four points. CJ has uh, five. And I assume you've not done your true or false, right, Adi? No. Okay, so to win the quiz, essentially. Uh, actually, no, it'll be a draw. So you and CJ, if you get it right, you'll have to do a tiebreaker, which I am prepared for. Um, so your true or false question is, Heskey is one of six players to score 100 Premier League goals without scoring a penalty. Is that true or is that false? Emil Heskey, one of six players to score 100 Premier League goals without scoring a pen. Asterix on this, it doesn't mean after 100 goals they never scored a penalty in their career. False. I think that's false. Final answer. Yeah, Incorrect, I think that's sir. false. It is a true statistic. So, uh, wow. Uh, Mr. CJ, outright winner. Again, quiz master. Welcome, <laughs> sir, to the table. Uh, Thank you. Maz, you came, uh, we were fourth, tied with Ade. So, I'm happy to give you a last question to come up who comes second. Your last question between Ade and Maz. The tiebreaker is going to be a who am I? I'm the only player in the Premier League era to play in the Merseyside, Manchester, Tynan Weir and North London derby. Who am I? This is to come second. What? Who's the Tyne and Weird Derby player? Sunderland and Newcastle. And you say the what was the other derby? So who am I? Uh, it's I'm the only player in the Premier League era to play in the Merseyside, Manchester, Tyne and Weir, and North London Derby. London Derby is oh. a very tough question. Who's your guess, Adi? We need to we need to have an answer. Uh, I do not have a clue right now. I'll give you. I can. I can give you both a hint. He was a striker. Played striker for a number of Premier League clubs. I'll even give you another hint. He was. Uh, ooh. Ooh. I think I might know who he is actually. Miles, who's your guess? Was it over him? I think I know. Who's the, who's the other hint? Who's, who's the other hint? I'm not going to give you... <laughs> I'm not going to give you another hint. 
<laughs> you just said you know the answer, so give us, the, give us the answer. Who's your guess? I'm saying Andy Incorrect. Cole. Incorrect. Ade, who's your guess? I was just thinking somebody like um, uh, oh, no, Les Ferdinand, him. but no, I don't think it's him. Incorrect. So, nope. <clears throat> so you both suck uh, and you're tied third. Uh, the correct answer was Luis Saha, who played at Fulham, Manchester United, uh, Everton, whatever. Spurs, and Sunderland. So tough luck, uh, CJ. You get double, double. Uh, what's it called? Bragging rights because nobody came second. Well, who was CJ going to say though? Who was he going to say? Yeah, who was CJ going to say? <laughs> no, I was completely wrong. <laughs> That's what that was. Completely wrong. Oh man. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, it was a pleasure, and hopefully see you next week. And uh, That's okay. thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Catch you the next one. Bye. Vigo's having to operate even more attackingly now. He really hits that one. Oh, that is just sensational from Luis Vigo. Screaming!